CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, we're live from the NASDAQ on this Exploration Friday. Karen was so excited, she decided to stick around for the big show. Here's what's coming up. The countdown is on to big tech earnings. And there's one thing named Mike Coe says is about to shred it up. He'll tell you how to trade it. Plus, Tesla earnings are on tap next week. <laughs> Don't get too giddy, Elon, because Dan Nathan says it's setting up for the short of the century. He'll explain. And... There's one soggy sneaker stock Karen Feinerman says is about to kick up dust. She'll tell us what that is in her options debut. It's time to risk less and make more. The action begins now. Let's get right to it because next week is one of the busiest weeks for earnings and it will be all about the FANG stocks. Facebook reporting on Tuesday, the options market is implying a more than 6% move in either direction. Amazon and Alphabet could see a 4% jolt when they report Thursday. Together, that accounts for nearly $110 billion in a potential shift in market cap. And with Netflix posting a huge miss this week, how should you play these names into these reports? Let's get in the money right now, kick it off with Mike. So Mike, what are you looking at? I'm taking a look at Facebook. I think this is probably the biggest name that's going to be reporting next week. You know, oftentimes on the show, we talk about our desire to try to sell things when they're overpriced and buy them when they're cheap. In the case of Facebook, of course, going into a catalyst like earnings, what you're going to see is that the nearer dated options are going to see elevated premiums, higher implied volatility. We do see that. The other thing I will point out is that longer dated options often aren't affected quite as much. So we can look at the relationship between the shorter dated options and the longer dated ones. Right now we can see that it's basically at the high end. So what we're going to look to do is sell those nearer dated options and buy the longer dated ones. The final point I would make, just talking about cheapness, Facebook, despite the fact that obviously we've seen a very strong move in the share price over a long time, is not particularly expensive. We really need to think about these things in terms of valuation, not price. On that basis, it is actually probably inexpensive. Certainly, it is relative to its growth. The other thing is that a lot of the concerns that you might have about Facebook, I think these are pretty well known to us right now. We're concerned about regulatory pressures. They've been facing these same headwinds for a while. I think they've faced them pretty well. But when you enter into an options trade like this, the good news is that if for some reason we get something bad coming out of this, we're not going to take a lot of downside risk. So specifically, I was looking at the August 205, January 2020, 205 call spread. Buying the 205s in January, selling the ones in August. Net net, I'm going to be laying out about 10 bucks, maybe a little bit less than that. So we're laying out uh, less than 5% of the current stock price. And the idea here is that if Facebook lingers right around where it is right now, those near dated options are going to decay. The longer dated ones will not decay quite so much. If it rallies up to that 205 strike or even slightly through it, we're still going to see benefits. And worst case, we're risking less than 5% if it completely fell out of bed, something I'm not expecting. I still would expect those longer dated options to preserve some of their value. 
Dan, what do you think of the Yeah, so I would be very surprised after the quarter that they put up last uh, in late April if there was some big lurking, <coughs> excuse me, surprise one way or another from a guidance standpoint. I think that something that we've talked about on this desk for this entire year, that expectations have gotten really, really low as far as uh, year-over-year earnings um, expectations. They've just been ground down to a negative. That's going to come back at some point in 2020. But I like Mike's trade because what he's really doing is playing for a consolidation here. And if he has a stock at 205 or below on August expiration, he's basically financed what? almost 30, 40 percent of those longer dated calls. And then you get set up for a move back to those prior highs at some point later this year. Welcome to the show, Karen, Thank by you. the way. Yes. It's great to have you with great us. Great to be here. I feel, like, I feel like I this is my seat. Like you belong yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Well, of. it was your seat <laughs> 10 minutes ago. All right. So that would explain it. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do you think of Mike's trade? I think it's interesting. I think that it wouldn't surprise me to see Facebook uh, a little bit higher, which is where. But I'm curious. Let's say that happens. Let's say you're spot on and Facebook goes out in August at 205 and you're just left with that longer dated Jan call, what do you think happens to? Yeah, yeah, so I think that's an excellent question. If the stock does rally up to 205, let's think about this for a second. Those 205s in August are essentially going to be worthless, right? They're going to expire at or just out of the money. The January calls actually will have appreciated somewhat. They have what we options traders call Delta. And so they're actually going to go up a little bit. So you're going to basically collect all that premium. And now you're long that longer dated call. The question is, do you just sit on it and that's the end of the trade? It isn't, actually. What we're going to look for are opportunities to sell other calls against it. We're also going to get a little bit of color about what's going on with the company at that time. That's probably going to frame our judgment as well. But if it goes out at 205, that's going to be win. One final point. We look past the last five years. We haven't seen, we've only seen maybe three times or so where we've seen really big moves. I'm talking about 14 15% or more to the upside after earnings. And, uh, you know, so I'm not really expecting that. There's a relatively low probability that we see something that big happen. All right, let's stick with earnings here. Tesla catching fire ahead of its next report uh, next week. Last month, Carter and Dan identified some key levels for the stock. We're actually getting down to a low that was seen only one other time in history. How far below trend it has ever been since its IPO. Here is the all data chart. This is literally the lowest point it has ever been. I think you've got a situation of so bad it's good. I want to make the bet that Tesla actually is a time, if you're short, to be covering and to being small speculative longs. If you caught Carter's fast money trade and it got back to 250, that would be the level of the century to lay out shorts, especially if you're as bearish on the fundamentals as Tim is. Well, as you might have noticed, Carter isn't on the desk tonight, but that day did mark the bottom for Tesla. Shares are up 45% right now to that 250 level, just above that. Dan, how do you trade this into earnings? Yeah, so it was really interesting, Mel. That was June 3rd. And, you know, the stock had just gotten slammed um, over the prior few months, you know, down to 175 from the high the previous year of $420. And, you know, the sentiment was getting really, really bad. I know that we talk about it most nights on this desk, and it's hard to find too many bulls, at least among our group. Um, you know, at that point, it just seemed like it was a coiled spring. Carter made a great, great call. You know, he was looking for a move back to 200, 220 or something like that. that that chart right there tells you that just as it overshot to the downside when it broke 250 in early May and went straight to 175, it had the potential to do so to the upside. Right now, it is below, or excuse me, it is above that prior support, which was then resistance. And to me, that does look like a really interesting story. If you think that once again fundamentals are going to really drive the story, and what's really interesting is that in July 2nd, they, remember we were waiting around for those Q2 deliveries, yep. and they were better than expected. But in their prior guidance, here's the big issue. 
They have only delivered 175,000 cars. They've guided to 380,000 cars for this year. They got a lot of stuff to do. So when they gave that delivery guidance, they did not update their financial guidance and they did not update the full year guidance. That's why earnings next week are really important. The options market is implying about a $20 move in either direction. That's about 7.5% or so. And that's really how much the stock has moved over the last four quarters, much higher, 9.5% over the lifetime of this thing on the one-day move afterwards. So here's the trade to me, I think. If you're along this thing, you might want to consider some protection because if they do tweak down that full-year guidance um, in any way, shape, or form, maybe it's margins, maybe it's full-year deliveries, that stock's going back down, probably on the way back towards 200. So to me, it's a pretty simple trade. Stock was trading 259 today. You could look at August expiration, and you could buy the 250, 210 put spread, paying $9 for that, buying one of the August 250 puts for 11 bucks, selling one of the August 210s at two. That breaks even down at 241. You can make up to 31 between 241 and 210. And just again, you saw that chart there. I'm just targeting those levels. That looks like a pretty uh, useful level for protection. Um, I don't think it's going to be a sort of disaster, uh, but I just think some minor tweaks after the run the stock has had, you can get this stock going back the other way pretty quickly. The stock moved about 460 today. That's about half the cost of your trade right yeah. here. So if you're wondering whether you could see a move that would justify spending $9 on a put spread, first of all, we'll just point out it's a $40 wide put spread, right? So you're getting a better than three to one payout if it does happen to blow through that lower strike. That would be kind of a, a big ask, I think, on a downside move, given that the short interest remains as high as it does. Generally speaking, when stocks start falling out of bed and you have that kind of short interest, that does create some measure of support, which, by the way, helps justify the trade structure because if you really didn't think there was anything to catch it when it fell, you wouldn't put on a put spread. you just buy puts outright. So to me, when I take a look at this, I think this is the trade structure you would want to use. I certainly wouldn't consider shorting the stock under any circumstances. But this would be the way to make your bearish bets if you're inclined to make one. Karen. So I agree generally with your direction. I have a question for you, though. So the, the lower strike of the, the lower put yeah. for $2, yeah. which is eight-tenths of a percent, yeah. I would think about maybe not selling that $2 put and just being long that outright. It, it, it's a great point. And so one of the things I would just say is if this is me and, a, and I'm trading this, you know, I might uh, buy that put. I may maybe get that move. Maybe it goes back five or six bucks, okay, something like down towards 250 And then I might sell that 210 when it's 2% or, you know, 1.5% or something like that. Look for something that's a bit meatier. But I want to do it at support there. And I just use it as sort of a discipline because I think it just makes sense. Oftentimes, like, Mike knows this, is that, you know, we do these trades because we're defining our risk and you don't always get them right. So every option that you sell is helping out your odds of success, um, even in a minor way if you're taking small losses. or small When gains. we think about the percentage of that premium that you're getting, you, you're looking at it in terms of the share price, which is a, is a decent way to think about it. But I think the way Dan is thinking about it is in terms of the premium that he's spending, which is the 11 bucks, right? right? So, so he's really looking at trying to shave about 20% off the cost. And let's bear in mind that when that catalyst takes place, what's going to happen to that downside put? It's going to go to zero, yep. right? So you're going to collect that two bucks. It would only be a bad sale if it, if it drops below that strike. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter. It will keep you cool in the summer heat. Here's what's coming up next. Karen Feinerman says one sneaker stock is about to take off. She'll break it down in a special Options Action edition of Feinerman's Fine Print. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. 
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Skechers racing higher on earnings this morning. That sneaker stock's been on a tear this year, now up 72% in 2019. But the chairwoman says there's another sneaker stock that's about to leap into first place. She's over at the Plasma for a very special Options Action edition of Feinerman's Fine Print. Karen, take it away. All right. So, as Melissa said, Foot Locker. This is a name that I've owned for years and been in and out of. And I got a trade with an option overlay. But let's go through why I even like Foot Locker in the first place. Valuation, to me, that is always the first thing that I look at. And valuation here is about as cheap as it's been in years. The second thing is they didn't buy back stock in the, se- in the second quarter, which they normally do. And I think one of the reasons is possibly they're looking at doing an acquisition. I think that could be a good thing. They did buy GOAT for $100 million. That was a good thing for them. And the last thing that I like about it, the stock consolidating actually right around here, a little bit lower. I think this is a good level to buy it. So let's go through and take a look. P.E., something I look at. I also want to look at the balance sheet, which is very strong here. So as a P.E. ratio goes, this is about as low as it's been in a really long time. So I like that. That's important to me. The second thing that I like about it is this consolidation I talked about. So right around here at about $40, that's about as low as the stock's been, even when they had a very, very tough quarter and then the market got crushed in May. Still, it didn't break that level. So that's what fundamentally I like about it. Now let's look at the trade. So what I want to do is a risk reversal. Thank you, Dan. What I'm looking at is buying the September 47 and a half call and selling the September 37 and a half put. And the stock went out sort of right in the middle of those two. And what you get, you get a look at earnings, which will happen in August. And I'm long stock. But I want to add, I want to have a bigger position if the stock actually has a great quarter. And I think it'll go up a lot. But I'm also willing to even get longer if the stock gets put to me. I start to lose money below 37.5. You could put this trade on for about even earlier in the day. Maybe you have to pay about a quarter by the end of the day. But I really like this trade because I think that your downside is minimal. Even if I start getting long at 37.5, there's a great balance sheet here. And I think there's a real chance that they put up decent numbers after a terrible quarter and that there's momentum back in the stock and we see it significantly higher than, even if it's not at 47.5, you have some time to go. So good earnings will make this trade work even if it doesn't get to 47.5. I have to say this is a tremendous OA trade debut. This it was amazing. Thank you. It's an options action trade that Karen's ever presented. Karen, come back on over to the desk. Dan, I want to get your take first, since you are risk reversal. And this yeah, is a, a risk couple reversal. really interesting things. I think she kind of nailed a couple things that uh, like we get questions about from our viewers all the time. She owns this stock. She's looking to get a little more exposure. She's willing to buy more of it down below. That's why this structure is so perfect for what her, um, you know, just her kind of trade thesis is on the name. And I'll just tell you the other thing. You know, Karen mentioned they invested $100 million in this company called Goat, who saw their sales grow from 250 to as high is maybe 600 last year, year over year. This is a company that owns Flight Club, and then it's this online sneaker marketplace. They're getting into, they really want to go after that youth sneaker culture, and I think that's something that we'll see that partnership expand over time, and that could be the sort of thing that gets investors to maybe revalue the opportunity in Foot Locker, but I just like the fact that she's giving herself a lot of wiggle room for a stock that's been volatile, and she's got room to the downside, she's got room to the upside. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting also because on the institutional side, we've definitely seen, you know, when we think about puts against stock positions, 
usually on the retail side, people are thinking about buying puts to hedge their portfolios. But oftentimes, institutional investors are looking for levels where they would be willing to add to their positions or looking for ways to enhance the returns on existing positions. And also, in this instance, you're also identifying a catalyst which could propel the stock sharply higher, which is the reason why you're using those proceeds essentially to buy the upside call. You know, one of the things we have observed in Foot Locker is that the applied volatility, the options prices are in fact quite high. So, you know, I'm kind of wondering whether there is going to be some upside resistance. People who got clipped the last time the stock really fell back. A call spread risk reversal here might be another way to do this so that you get more immediate exposure, thinking that there could be a lid on it at some of those higher prices as people who got hurt the last time we saw a price gap down are looking for the exits if you start to see it recover. Mm-hmm. Did you consider that, Karen? I did. I, that that makes sense. Um, I, I, it's similar. I guess it's I was trying to put up as little money as possible, right, as we all do. So uh, to me, Willing to take a little more risk, being that I would have to own it at 37 and a half if things head south. I like it also, though. All right. Coming up, traders tuning out of Netflix with the stock down 16% on the back of its earnings this week. We'll tell you how to play this move. Plus, it's Friday, so you know what that means. Tweet us your burning questions uh, to at Options Action, and you might just get your answer on the air. So what are you waiting for? We are live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Much more Options Action right after this. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at a couple of our open trades. Now, just last week, Dan said Netflix could be in for September to remember. That chart, though, and Mel said this before, tells you that for whatever reason, since January, this thing has been range-bound between 335 and 385. I suspect it's going to continue to be range-bound after earnings, but I do think that this thing could set up for a nice long trade into the fall. You can sell the July next week, 400 call at 4 bucks, and you can use the proceeds to help finance the purchase of the September 400 call for $12. Netflix uh, down 15% in just the last week. Dan, the first leg of the trade expires today. Yeah, I mean, listen, the trade's a total loser. I mean, you know, I did not expect the thing to break out on this earnings. I really expected to trade within that range that we identified on the chart, but it blew through that, and the trade's a total bust right now. So, you know, the thing that you have to think about now is what are the reasons for it, and is it going to continue? I did not want to buy the stock into it, and I did not want to buy short-dated calls into it. So I didn't do either of those things. So the trade cost 8 bucks, about 2% of the stock price. Stock's down 60 bucks. You know, this is an option trade. It did not go well. I got all things wrong. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, you want to see this thing kind of find a bottom at some point, and then it may set up decently for a move back to what was that prior support at 330, 340, something like that. So, so you be inclined to make a, uh, listen, a long I, I just, trade. That, that, that subscriber miss was so massive. Yeah. It will not happen two quarters in a row. Okay, And we've seen this with Facebook over the last year. Once you've had these big gaps and Apple, too, then they start getting this story back together. So to me, let this thing wash out towards 300 first. All right. Next up, back in June, Mike made a bet on one of the big banks into earnings. Obviously, if you have very low valuation, some of the bad news is priced in and options are exceptionally cheap, as we were just talking about. Now you have an opportunity to try to use those options and get long them to make a bet here, in this case, to the bullish side, where you're not risking a great deal. Specifically, I was just looking out 
to August. You could buy the 29 calls for 80 cents. You could sell the 32 calls for 20 cents against it. Net, net, you're spending 60 cents. Bank of America is up about 4.5% since the call. So, Mike, what do you do? Yeah, so we spent about 60 cents on this spread. It's now worth about 85 cents going up to today's prices. The thing is that upper strike call is essentially worthless. I don't like being short, cheap options. Buy the thing back for 4 cents, cover that. Uh, and you might roll this further out in time as well. But uh, otherwise, I'm staying with it. Yeah, what would you do, Karen? Uh, I agree with Mike. I hate being short anything that's really cheap. So I would buy that back and I would probably look to roll out something. I mean, the stock's not going to break out crazy to the upside, but maybe we'd do, you know, another roll, another month out in the 32. Exactly. I think it's interesting that this stock and all these money center banks, they put up pretty decent numbers and none of them broke out of the ranges that they've been in. So to me, that's not particularly optimistic, especially with the S&P just off of all time highs. I think that these things will underperform to the downside if the S&P starts going lower. All right. Up next, your tweets and a very special final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look at your tweets here. Our first viewer asks, when trying to protect a portfolio, how far out should someone target? Professor Coe, what do you say? Uh, well, we don't typically hedge our portfolios continuously. We try to do it when options are cheap or we identified a catalyst. And if you have a catalyst, chances are it's going to be sometime in the near-term future. So generally speaking, I'm looking at options that are going to be 30 to 90 days out in expiration when I'm doing something like that. Karen, what do you do when you're buying yes. protection? I look at a similar time frame, but also I really I try to look three-ish percent out of the money. I don't need to hedge the first couple of percent down. I'd rather have more bang for the buck. All right. Our next viewer asks, why has it taken so long to have Karen Feinerman on options action? Karen, why has it, why has it so taken long? it so long? I mean, it's, this is tremendous. Uh, that's a very sweet tree, uh, tweet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who wrote that. Um, my son, maybe. <laughs> Did it Your say? Oh, thank you for that tweet. <laughs> All right. It. Time now for the final call. Last word from the options pits. Mike Coe, what do you say? I certainly hope we have Karen back. It was great having you on, and I like the way it sort of broadens out the conversation. I also think you ought to take a look at call calendars in Facebook going into earnings. Karen. Yes. I'm not a giant option trader, but I definitely use them in my, my, my portfolio. So Foot Locker, sticking with it, the risk reversal, 47 and a half, 37 and a half. Wait, so you're sticking with risk reversal? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that risk reversal. reversal. Here's the thing. I, I actually thought her trade was really interesting. I know Karen obviously really well, and I hear her talk about stocks all the time. The idea of overlaying a position like that to add leverage to it, I think, makes a lot of sense. And then another point about Tesla, and I think Mike said it, you know, you wouldn't be short Tesla here, but the idea of buying a well-defined put spread makes sense in an event. That does it for us here on The Big OA. See you back here next Friday, 5.30. Don't worry. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money starts right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.